I'm Regina Botras and welcome backstage where we talk with theatre makers from actors, directors, writers, theatre heads and beyond about their life in the theatre and how they got to be where they are now. And my guest backstage in this podcast is Paige Rattray and this first went to air in January 2021. She's a director, she's the Associate Director at Sydney Theatre Company. She was previously Associate Artistic Director of Queensland Theatre Company and was chosen as STC's Richard Werrett Fellow for two years running, 2015 and 2016. She's the co-founder of award-winning independent theatre company, Arthur, and a graduate of NIDA. Paige directed The Beauty Queen of Lenane for STC and won the Sydney Theatre Award for Best Direction for that production. She's director of Fangirls for Queensland Theatre Company, Belvoir Street Theatre and ATYP. She's directed How to Rule the World, Black as the New White Tours and Black as the New White Australian Graffiti. Power Plays was in the STC, Bright World for Arthur. So it goes on and on and on. There are so many credits to her name. And she's here with us to talk about her life in the theatre and the things that she's doing now as part of Sydney Festival. Welcome Paige Rattray. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So we'll get into Queen Fatima very shortly, which is a festival event. But before we get into that, I want to get a sense of where you are from. So where did you begin life? I began life in Tasmania. So I was born um, in a place called Scottsdale in Tasmania. It's about one hour out of Launceston. um, And I grew up in the country. Wow. So was it Were your parents creative? Like, what was it like as a child for you? No, not at all. Like, they're not creative at all. My mum is a nurse and she worked in a doctor's surgery and my dad raced horses. Um, So we we were kind of very much left to our own devices as kids because we grew up in the country. We sort of didn't have many people around us. So I think that's perhaps where my theatre imagination came from. Um, we kind of we read anything we liked. We kind of did anything we liked. My mum didn't necessarily police anything that I was reading. So um, <laughs> I could kind of like let my mind go free, I guess, in that respect. Is there something particular that you read that might have like, you know, can you can, for as an example? Oh. I was obsessed with um, fantasy fiction, David Eddings, all of his series of books, like absolutely, completely obsessed. I do remember once actually reading that. Can you remember that um, terrible book, Flowers in the Attic? Oh, I so <laughs> do. <laughs> and I read it when I was like really young. One of my mum's friends came to the house and they're like, oh my God, what are you reading that book? And she's like, oh, no page is reading it. <laughs> And they were like, oh, do you know what's going on in that book? And, oh, God, you know, it was uh, quite raunchy. I can't (laughs) wait for a stage stage version of Flowers in the Attic. (laughs) Terrible. Oh, terrible. I was laughing about it with someone the other day. You should read the synopsis online. It's hilarious. Is it okay? I will. I will. So how did it come from Flowers in the Attic to you being such, (laughs) you know, (laughs) a well-known director around, around the traps? Uh, Well, I didn't really happen upon directing until later. I was more of a performer, but I think we had a really, we had a strong drama department through primary school and high school. And although we didn't necessarily see many productions, it would just be kind of like travelling theatre and ed productions that would come to our school. Uh, We did put on a lot of productions you know, within within the school. Um, and we often wrote our own and staged, you know, what would now be, I'd think we're terrible, but we thought they were fabulous <laughs> at the time. So I guess that's where that part of my life came from. But then I had five years off and just sort of worked in 
um, hotels and bars before going back to uni. And I went back to uni because I thought I wanted to be a drama teacher, but I started directing while I was there and then I caught the bug. <laughs> okay. So, but you, you initially were more of a performer, would you say? I guess so. Yeah, Yeah. I I guess always a creator. I guess I always thought I I would like to be an actor, but I didn't really see the opportunity for that in Tasmania. Um, So it was always about being a drama teacher. So from drama teacher to director, how did that happen? What was the bug that you caught? (laughs) Yeah, well, in my third year of uni, so the degree I did a Bachelor of Contemporary Arts and Theatre and the degree that I did was you basically did a little bit of everything. So not only performing, but you would um, stage manage productions, you would do lighting, mech, sound, all of those things. And there was a um, theatre company attached to the university and so in our third year, we directed production uh, and I directed a play called A Gaggle of Saints by Neil LeBute. And I just, you know, I, I don't know, it was just an, a feeling and an experience that I'd never had performing. I, I guess I had never felt quite fulfilled. And I also felt like um, the roles that we were getting to play weren't the greatest roles and I thought oh maybe if I direct some of these plays that I like then everyone you know will start doing more of these kinds of shows <laughs> and then um, I got the bug and I never went back so <laughs> and and just I, my um, lecturer at the time Peter Hammond he encouraged me to apply for the directing course at NIDA which I thought I would have you know not a hope in hell <laughs> of getting into but I miraculously did and then I sort of went on from there. Is that the the leap across the bite? Is that when you came to Australia, uh, came to Sydney? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was in Tassie till then, so that was in two thousand and nine. I came to Sydney. Wow! And when did you open? So you started co co founded uh, your own theatre company, Arthur. What drove that? I was working at Griffin actually, so um, I got an affiliate um, director position there when I um, finished at NIDA because I was um, interested in, in new work. And it actually came out of reading, like, you know, while I was there, I was reading all of the plays that were coming into the company. Um, and there was one play in particular, The Sea Project by Elise Hurst, that I thought was extraordinary. And so did someone else who was working there, Belinda Kelly. And um, so we ended up, Arthur really came about it because, we were, you know, we really wanted to see this show on stage. We thought it was extraordinary and we didn't think that um, those kind of those kinds of plays um, we're getting a voice in the industry. And so it sort of really just came out of that. And then we just kept on going. So um, we decided that we needed to do another more well-known play of Elisa's called Dirty Land so we could get the C project up at Griffin mm-hmm. <laughs> in the independent pro- program. So yeah. we thought oh, that was our kind of plan of attack, I guess. And then <laughs> we just kept on making work. We made a lot of works and, and toured to a lot of places. It was a really beautiful time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it about, like, new Australian work that you draws you or how do you know when it's it? Ah, uh, I think it's the creating of new worlds. It's completely new. I like that it's completely new and it's the first time that it's ever been there. So you, I very much like working with writers. I like um, going on that journey with them and knowing all the intricacies of their thoughts and their process and, and how that works. I feel like I'm really inside it. Um, I don't have that same feeling with um, other works, I think, that have been done before because you know, they've had that col- that collaborations happen with someone else. But mm. it was interesting when I was working on um, Beauty Queen of Lenin, I had like, I sort of got to this point of rehearsals where I could sort of hear the director 
um, in the piece as well. It was really uh, sort of spooky but really cool. <laughs> you mean it was sort of outside of you? Is that what you mean? Oh, I don't know. It was just – it was really odd. I can't really explain it. I could feel her um, brain in the work. Wow. It was really odd. It was – yeah, I, I'd never experienced anything like that before, but, um, you know. Because, you, yeah, you think of, you know, a, a play when you read it, you visualise it as the director or actor, you feel the characters, but in a way are you suggesting that maybe – the director was also written in it. It's such a great play. It's so sad. Sad. Oh, sad. such a great play, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. It was but, extraordinary. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I think as someone who works on new work so much, I, mm. I know how much you put into that process of, of creating a new play. And so I guess, um, you know, even down to the rhythms, and, and it's, it's, it was a sort of strange thing. But I think, you know, that's because McDonough's so clear mm. and you can read all of his works. Like, he's such a brilliant writer that um, his writing can allow for that, I think. Yeah. Mm. So how do you ta- tackle a work as a director then? Is there sort of a go-to for you when you first start? Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all every writer's different. It's always different. I mean, the first thing first is like the idea and, and what they what, what they want to say or what questions they want to ask but yeah I guess I try and be as adaptable as possible so I have like a, a sort of strict dramaturgical process that I use oh, yeah. but I will adapt that to whatever works for that writer can you give us a clue yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well I mean it's really simple it's, it's really simple it's just breaking a script down into kind of main events and mini events within that. And, you know, there's a few simple rules that I would use, but, um, you know, you get like a sort of mind map of the whole play and you get it up on the wall and you can kind of, you can see where things are repeated or not or where they're called back or if there's too many, you know, if blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. It's, it's pretty, like, it's pretty boring actually when you think about it. Oh, yeah, I find it interesting <laughs> because it's a good tool for oh, writing as well. It's not a boring process on your radio show. No. Um, yeah. It is. I mean, it is quite. That's quite strict. But within that, you know, it's like everyone needs different things from you. Yeah. And so I just try and figure out, you know, what I can do to make the process as enjoyable and thorough as possible. And I am talking with director Paige Rattray. So I know that you're working on something now, Queen Fatima, but I, I, I don't want to exclude this as well, of course. But I wondered if there was some particular production that you've done that you were like uniquely was it um beauty queen of Lenane or like a, a pivotal point or a, something that was most challenging or most proud of i think probably black is a new white by nikia louis i think i feel like that play kind of brought together all of the things that i'd learned um in the years before that and it was just a really, really a special play, but a really special group of people. They've kind of, you know, we've all become big family. We all talk to each other. Oh, I wouldn't go. We wouldn't go a week without <laughs> messaging in our oh. group message. We just spent so many years together, you know. Yeah, because it went on for a big tour. Yeah, it was just, mm. yeah, really special. And there was a kind of, I don't know, there was a, there was a chemistry to that show that really made it work. But I also felt... I got all of the – I was really stretched as a director and I, I enjoy that, yeah. Mm. So tell me about Queen Fatima. It seems apt because she's a, a beauty queen, 
right? <laughs> or she's uh, going for it. <laughs> Tell me a little bit. That's funny. I didn't even think of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so James Alazi, he's a part of our Emerging Writers Program at Sydney Theatre Company, and that's how we met. And um, we both, I think, immediately liked each other. And um, I think we kind of uh, have a similar similar kind of outlook on the world or uh, and a very and very much a similar sense of humor mm-hmm. and so he came to me with this um, play through National Theatre of Parramatta and it was when we would, had just come out of lockdown and we did a reading of it online and it was just like a breath of fresh air it was like you know the clouds had parted mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were bathed in sunlight we need that, yes. <laughs> I know, right? And everyone at the end of it were laughing and joking and I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, I hadn't had that feeling for a really long time. And um, it's just so packed full of, like, joy and warmth and humour. And um, and so James and I started working on it. It was quite a quick process. Um, and it was picked up for Sydney Festival. So sort of, you know, I think it was like six months from Woe to Go that we started. Oh, <laughs> that's really we got there, fast, really, really. It's really fast, yeah, it's really yeah. fast. So um, hopefully too the play can have another life, you know. Yeah, because it's already got a wait list now. Yeah, I know. Which is <laughs> great. It's great. <laughs> it's only on to the 16th of January. Yeah, it's super fun. It's such yeah. a fun show. But it's based at like a, a Queen Lebanon? Australia. Oh, yeah, sorry. I haven't even told you what it's about yet. Queen <laughs> uh, Fatima, she is a Lebanese girl who works in her family bakery and she is seeing a guy called Karim and she's been seeing him secretly for three years and she's decided it's finally time that they tell their parents but he doesn't want to because his family are quite judgmental um, because of class, uh, mm. his family are lawyers, but also because of appearance. Uh, and so she decides <laughs> that with the help of she has a 73-year-old best friend called Garda who does coffee cup readings for her. Oh, great. And so through this coffee cup reading, she comes to believe that she is needs to enter Queen Lebanon Australia win and become the number one Lebanese woman in Australia. And, um, and his parents will accept her. And so uh, she goes to enter the competition. She goes and has an interview and they're looking for a diverse group of girls this year. And because she's a bit chubby, they decide to let her in. And she goes on a, you know, big journey of self-discovery. And um, obviously I won't tell you the end, but I I may say that, you know, Karim may not be in the picture at the end. (laughs) So it's great because it's like race, gender, beauty, size, all of these kind of real issues now contemporary issues. absolutely I think it was interesting working on it actually because you know I do like we have we have seen all of those things just not in this combination <laughs> and in a, in a strange way it's a it's a play that talks about the advantages of what a quota system can do oh, and really? how it can kind of change your world yeah in, a, in like a, you know it's in a subtle way but it's really well it's interesting you know the only reason why she gets in the pageant is because the the organizer wants to have a diverse year which mm, means like yeah. one person who doesn't look like a supermodel <laughs> you know what i mean um but she she changes the course of all of their lives drastically and her own and um and you know it wouldn't have happened 
if the quota wasn't there in the first place. So in an odd way, that's sort of what it's doing. This is on this week. You're also kind of mentoring uh, to uh, director, Sunshine Supergirl, Andrea James. I wonder, do you, like, have you had mentors? And what is it to be a mentor to a, another director? Is this something that happens? Like, yeah. I've been lucky. I've had a lot of mentors, actually, uh, at different kind of stages in my career, you know, particularly artistic directors in companies, which has been amazing. Um, but also my peers, there's a group of female directors who all are very supportive of each other and kind of, you know, they're always there. You always know you can give them a call and and ask advice if you're in a tricky spot. Or, um, yeah. But then I also had a formal mentor. So I, um, while I was working, I think it was when I was sort of at the end of when I was Richard Warrett Fellow at STC and then when I was um, Associate Artistic Director of at Queensland Theatre, I created this sort of pilot program for a three-tiered mentorship. So I mentored two emerging directors and then I had someone mentor me at a more executive level. So I, I guess I was kind of, you know, looking at artistic leadership and, and what the, you know, tricky patches might be or, or where the glass ceiling kind of hits mm-hmm. within theatre companies. And so I wanted someone who had that kind of board executive experience and um, I was put in touch um with a woman called Maureen Carriage, an extraordinary woman. She's just passed, actually, very recently, Um, which is, like, so incredibly sad. (laughs) Such a great loss. She mentored many people, and she really did change my life. I guess she had so much knowledge and wisdom, and she gifted that to me in the most generous way. And then from there, I would then pass on that information to the people that I was mentoring <laughs> and we had this beautiful little bubble going little cycle where we'd sort of filter information in and out of this thing and it was really nice but it, because it was a formal thing Courtney and Jules they uh, always felt like they could call me they never felt like it was you know going to impose on my time or because it was a formal thing it was mm-hmm. it felt and it was the same with Maureen you know I could give her a call because it was we'd made it a formal great. relationship oh, yeah. and a great yeah and it was um it was really wonderful but then you know I guess like you kind of informally I am I'm informally mentor a lot of people um and and are mentored by a lot of people <laughs> does that mentorship program still exist uh, well, um, the plan for it was that I would try and implant it into all of the companies mm. in Australia <laughs> and, um, and sort of work it from there. But sort of I was I used myself as a pilot program for two years and that sort of come to a close. But COVID sort of, okay. sort of made things a little bit more difficult, but hopefully it can mm. happen. Yeah. It seems to me like you came in at the right point in terms of a new wave of of um directors and female directors. Yeah. In, yeah, uh, how how do you survive? Uh I feel super lucky. I do feel I like I really was right place right time. It was I think I was at NIDA the year or was it the year after you know the infamous year where there was only lee lewis was the only female director in the belvoir season yes yes and so it reignited that conversation again and i remember that moment on the stage <laughs> belvoir thing. it was an amazing yeah. moment in history i can't believe i was mm. there and in theater history and so i felt like the industry was really proactive after that and i was kind of just coming out and kind of 
making the right shows that I think people mm. were interested in. And so I've been lucky, though, you know, the last few years I've worked within companies and there's so few of those roles. Like, I, I feel so incredibly privileged. It's not, you know, that's not the same for everyone. It's a really tough industry to be in, particularly now. So, yeah, I feel like I've um, hit the jackpot. Yeah, indeed. Well, Paige Rattray, thank you so much for joining me. This oh, evening. pleasure. Thank you. It's been such a joy. I look forward to seeing Queen Fatima return season or I'll wait in line with everyone else <laughs> for Sydney Festival. Fun girls too. Is, um, Absolutely, which is a return. Just the remount um, this week. Yes, and so when is that coming up? That's. Oh, is, I think we open on the 3rd of Feb. Return season. Excellent. Well, Paige, again, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was director Paige Rattray. You've been listening to Backstage. I'm Regina Botros, and the music for this podcast was produced by Dave Ray and the image by Tuo.